I want to talk to you today briefly about a holy mystery, a holy mystery. Because it's so difficult to explain, because it's a mystery, as you're going to see, and because it's so difficult to comprehend it, I need help, you need help. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, give me grace, special grace, to speak your holy mystery and help the listeners, all of us, online and here in the building. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Here's the mystery. Let's just cut to the chase and get this verse. It's found in Ephesians. Let's look at it. It's a letter to the church at Ephesus. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. What's that mean? Say it again. For we are members of his body. And then later on in that chapter, one other verse. This is a profound mystery. The context is marriage and husbands and wives, but he brought in this thing about we are members of his body, but I am talking about Christ and the church. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. This is totally a mystery. There's many relationships that God has given us in the Bible of our relationship with the Lord. But before I get to that, I want to go to Ephesians 5.30, if you would, please. We are members of his body. I want to change the Greek experts saying that there's a better word than members, and that would be limbs. We are limbs of his body. Why? Because members, it, it's accurate, but members, we use that word like, I'm a member of that club. I'm a member of that party. He's a member of Congress. This person's a member of the Senate. We use members in a lot of different ways, but the, the picture in the Greek language is we are limbs, limbs, extensions, part of, but extensions of his body. Now, there's a lot of relationships in the Bible that God gives us of him and us. There's, first of all, you could take the good shepherd. He's the shepherd. We are the sheep. He is the teacher. We are the disciples. Correct? That's used. Another one. He is the Savior. We're the sinners who have been redeemed by what he did on the cross of Calvary shed his blood to wash away our sins. Here's another one. He is our father, and we are sons and daughters in the family of God. How many are members of the family of God? Amen? All of those are true because the Bible has truths. They're circles that intersect with each other, and then they go into deeper depths, give us different pictures. But now this one, is the deepest of all. It's so deep, it's a mystery. More intimate than anything that I just said, Savior, Teacher, Shepherd, 
we could also say he's our best friend. The Bible says Jesus is our older brother in the family of God, but this one is the deepest. God's love is so great that he says, no, I don't want you to be just students and disciples. I want you to be one with me. You're going to be limbs of my very body. But what's that mean? So let's retrace our steps here. The mystery is speaking about Christ and the church. Now Christ has a body, resurrected body, and he's seated in heaven, and when he returns, he's coming back with his resurrected body, and we're, every eye will see him. Correct? But then there's another sense of his body, a spiritual sense. The Bible indicates that the church, which we'll define, is makes up his spiritual invisible body here on planet Earth. Christ, physical resurrected body, which is now spiritual, after he died on the cross, he rose again and ascended into heaven. But on Earth, spiritually speaking, he has a body that carries out the purposes and desires of his loving heart. Well, what is that body? It's spiritual. He is the head. He gives directions. He gives the orders. He's in charge, just like your head is in charge of your body. But the body is made up of the church. The church is called the body of Christ. In what sense? Well, let's first of all find out what is the church. What is the church? It has nothing to do with Baptists or Pentecostals or Charismatics or Lutherans or blacks and whites and, and all that, black people, white people, Asian people. It has nothing to do with that. Everyone who's born again and has been changed, not everyone who goes to church. A lot of people go to church. They're not born again. The born-again people whose lives have been changed through faith in Christ, they make up that invisible church of Jesus Christ that no one has ever seen. It's physical, but no one has ever seen it because it's all over the world. It's in China. It's in Africa. It's in Tibet. It's in Malawi in Africa. It's in Argentina. It's everywhere. Every believer makes up this invisible body. No one's ever seen it at one place at one time. It's represented locally by churches like ours, but God sees all of us here as who really belongs to him and is born again, and those who just go to church and try to live a good life, hopefully, but they've never really received Christ as their Lord and Savior. But everyone who's been born again make up his body. Why? Because Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus has purposes still today. He began to do and to teach according to Luke in Acts 1. Everything that Jesus began to do and teach, but then he died, then he resurrected. What, well, do you think he stopped doing? Do you think he stopped reaching and helping? No, but he does it here on earth, not through his physical body or resurrected body. That's in heaven. He does it through the church. That's the body that he has. And we are members of that body. We are one in life with that body. To carry out his purposes, he only has one instrument that he uses, and that's the body of Christ. And we are limbs of that body. So if he wants to reach someone and touch them, he doesn't do it with his resurrected body. He does it almost always 
through his body on earth, which is the church, which is born-again Christians like you and me. We are his body. He loves us so much that he said, no, I'm not going to just save you. I'm not just going to touch you and energize you. And Pastor Brian was talking about, we come to church, it's happened to all of us. We get quickened, we get encouraged. He said, no, more than that, I don't want to come and just visit you. I want to be one with you. I want you to be my very limbs so that when I move, you move with me. In fact, I use you to move. When I want to visit someone, I can't visit them. You'll visit them in my name. When I want to touch somebody, it'll be through your touch, your words. That's how much I love you. And, of course, the union is in the context here. The teaching in Ephesians 5 there is about husbands and wives who not only marry, but through sexual relations become one, one. Husband, wives leave, they leave their, husbands leave their mother and father and join their wife and become one. By the way, it's so sad when we counsel people and we find out husbands and wives keep separate bank accounts. What's wrong with you? Then don't get married. That's so sad. For this cause they leave and they become one. If you don't trust your husband or wife, why get married? Good grief. How could Carol and I have separate accounts? Why? Whatever we do, whatever we spend, we do it as one. We're one. Uh-oh, I'm getting a little pushback here. <laughs> I feel it. That's sad. That's sad. Do I get a witness here? That's sad. So the two shall be one. But no, I don't trust him. I, I've counseled people like that. What, how do you pay bills? He pays this. I pay my own account. What in the world? Why don't you just stay single then? Well, that one didn't go over too well. But I'm, I'm no, I'm, I'm telling the truth. You think that's pleasing to God? He put you together with a husband or a wife so you would be one. And you don't even trust each other enough to spend money together. Well, that's sad. So that comes from culture growing up and seeing uh, marriage the wrong way, husband, your mom and dad or whatever, or hurt and people let you down. So you get overly protective, but it's not pleasing to God. He makes us one when we get married. Carol has no money. No, that wasn't a joke. I have no money. We have money. Come on, can we say amen to that? Oh, that's going to be talked about for the rest of the day. I can tell. I hit a live one there. So, this is the, the sacred mystery. You and I, soil sinners, just think what some of us have done and said in our lives. And he so loves us that he not only saves us, he says, no, you're just not going to be my children. You're going to be my limbs. You're going to share my life. Now, the Bible talks about that. Now, this is, for some of you, a little deeper than maybe you've thought, but you'll see that it's biblical. The way God wants to live our lives is not in our strength trying to live a good life. He never intended that. 
if you could have lived a good life and I could have lived a good life, do you think he would have come and died on a cross? If there was any hope for us, do you think he would have given his life? No, but through his resurrection, life, and power, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, i.e. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And that life that's in us, that's the life he wants us to let out so we can be what he wants us to be, not in our strength, but through his life that's inside of us. How many Christians are trying and stumbling? We've all done it. Making up our minds, making new promises. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. With what? Haven't you found out that you can't do it? How many have found out you're hopeless? Lift your hand up high. Come on. So he is our life. And now this is the same thought. This is a mystery now. He, the spirit within us, Jesus within us, is our life. He wants us to live out. He wants to give us his thoughts. Why? Because my thoughts are whack. He wants us to have his purposes. Why? Because I'm selfish like you, and I'll go off on my own tangent. He said, no, I'm taking over. And it won't be bad. It'll be joy unspeakable and full of glory. You'll have the best life you have. If you don't live, let me live through you. This is surely a sacred mystery. So then look at the other picture in the Bible that describes this. Some of you are more familiar with it. John 15. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the, there we go, the limbs, the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, just stay connected. Don't have to do a thing. Listen, you don't have to do a thing. A limb doesn't have to do anything but stay connected to the vine. The branch just stays connected. And guess what? Good stuff is going to happen. You will bear, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You mean that's true for Christians? Yep. Haven't we all proven that? How many have found out apart from him we can do nothing? Come on, wave your hand at me. That's the mystery. Abiding in Christ so that the life of the vine becomes my life. You know why apples, branches yield apple, apples? Because the spirit of the apple, the life of the apple is in the trunk, it's in the tree, it's in the sap. It can't produce cherries, it can't produce onions or anything else, it's going to be an apple. Why? It's connected to the life of an apple. When you and I are connected and abide with Christ, we're going to produce Jesus because he is our life. Oh, come on. We can say amen to that. No teacher can make you that. No church can make you do that. The Brooklyn Tabernacle is hopeless to do that. You have to be abiding in Christ and be one with him so that you start getting new thoughts. Where did these thoughts come from? I feel like reading the Bible. I never had that before. That's Christ working inside of you. Feelings and thoughts of kindness and new directions to serve, a new outlook on life and time and eternity. Where did this all come from? It's him, not you, not me. He doesn't work with Jim Cimbala. I'm so corrupt and hopeless. He bypasses me and he says, I'm going to put my life in you so that the life you now live, you'll live me. Let me out. Let me flow like a branch. Don't let sin, 
Don't let separation come. Don't let blockages come. Just abide in me. Trust in me. If we abide in him, then Jim Cimbala can act and talk like Christ and care like Christ. Why? It's Christ. So if you see someone doing something good, it's not them. It's Christ. If you see me doing something wrong and messing up, it's not Christ. It's me. Come on. Let's say amen one more time to that. We are his limbs. There's not one Christian in a hundred that wakes up with that consciousness. I'm convinced. No, I'm here. He's here. He's there in heaven. I'm here. He's the teacher. I'm the student. Let me study. But there's this sacred mystery. We are limbs of his body. You ever see what happens when something comes at you, is thrown at you, especially comes near your eyes? The reflexes are amazing that we can have. Why? We protect our body. We cherish our bodies. We love our bodies. We take care of our bodies. Pray for my wife. Some of you might have heard she... She strained her leg, but then on Tuesday, the day before she was supposed to go down with us to D.C., she ran four steps to make a light that she didn't even have to run to, and I think she just popped her hamstring. She pulled her hamstring, so she's immobile, and she's um, just even from the bed to the bathroom, she has to go in a wheelchair. So I've been Nurse Cymbala a few hours every day. But her sister's there, who's a nurse by profession. Thank God for Jackie. She's helping take care of Carolyn. We get an MRI tomorrow, see what's going on there. She told me the other day when I came to, like, fix her pillows and move her, she's in so much pain. She went, no, 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 not Nurse Cymbala. I want the other nurse to come and, (laughs) and help me. She said, Jim, if you were ever a doctor, like everyone would die before they got out of the hospital. (laughs) So, So just the way we protect and cherish our bodies, that's how much Jesus loves you because you're his limb. Anything happens to you and me, he's hindered. Oh, wow, Jesus hindered. There's a thought. He's hindered in doing what he purposes to do, not universally, exactly. He can do whatever he wants through dreams, visions. But laid out in the Bible is this thought. The purposes of God and what what Jesus wants to do on this earth, he's going to do it through his body, which is the church made up of the limbs, the hands, and the arms. Otherwise, it won't be done. He needs his body. Don't you need your body? I was on the phone yesterday with dear friends, the Febreses, who were lining up this appointment tomorrow for Carol. So I was on the phone up in my office yesterday, and I'm talking on my phone. I had on speaker, and I'm talking to Donna, and Donna's telling me. And in my heart and in my mind, I had a purpose. I got to get my wife to get an MRI. I got to, and you know how long those can take. You ever notice to get a doctor's appointment? You know, like, I'll see you in three years. Come into my office. And I'm sitting in the chair. Phone's there. And I'm lining this all up. I want to help my wife. She's, I'm serious now. She's in a lot of pain. 
So Donna says to me, I got my heart right, my mind is purposed. She says, I need your insurance number. So I had to take this hand, go in my wallet, fingers had to open it, and in the back over here on the left-hand side, that's my insurance card. So what's the number? Now I have to use my eyes, and I gave her the information she needed. If I didn't have use of my arms, or my hands, and my fingers, I couldn't have done it. And while I was doing it and reading and meditating on this passage, it was as if the Lord was saying to me, just like you need your limbs, I need my limbs. Listen, I know that sounds, I know that sounds almost presumptuous, that the king of glory needs anything. But do you get what I'm saying? The Bible is replete with instances where God was looking for someone that he could use or speak to, and there was nobody there he could use. So let's close this up. He loves us. He wants union with us of the most intimate kind, limbs of his body, his spiritual body here on earth. He's got errands for us to run. My question to you is, are you available? He's got people that need to be spoken to. He's not doing it through Gabriel or some angel or writing in the sky. To get to that person, he has to use you and me. Oh, you're just wrapped up with your little life and your plans and your little culture and your little thing. You're not free and available as a limb, healthy. Did you know that the Lord exercises our limbs, his limbs, just like we do? You know, you take some 10-pound weights. I do that every day, and you just do some curls. That's why he lets trials come in our life, so he can exercise us, so he can use us. Otherwise, we just lay dormant and stiff. Everything in his, that he permits in our life is to develop us so that we'll be healthy limbs and be able to do what we need to do. So when you and I are going through a trial, I'm going, what's going on? No, I'm getting you ready. I'm sending you on a journey. I'm sending you on a mission. I got errands for you to do because you're my body. How else would I do it? You're my limbs. And strange things can happen when you just make yourself available. And don't you think for some of us, I mean, for real, look at me. I don't want to be overly confrontational. I mean, aren't you tired about you yet? Aren't you getting a little sick of you? Just everything about you, what you're facing, what you're going through. How in the world are we going to be limbs for him if all we can think of is ourselves? How about letting some fresh air come in? How about the breath of God come into us so we can say, here I am, Lord. Speak, your servant is listening. Come on, let's say amen to that. Sometimes the worst advertisement for Christ are Christians who are self-centered, bigoted, racist sometimes, selfish, and just not representing, not available to Jesus as his limbs so he can do things, say things, carry out things. He wants to touch someone. He's not going to touch them with his hand up in heaven. He's using your hand. He wants someone comforted. The God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those with the same comfort that we've received. Don't you get it? It has to flow out through us to someone else. Otherwise, how will he do it? I had to go down my checking account, got all sideways, and there was some problem. 
with a check. And that hasn't happened in decades, and I don't like to fool with that. Then people can steal your identity, right? So I had to go down to Chase Bank down here on Fulton, and I tried to figure things out. And then I realized, no, I gotta, thought I solved it. I didn't. And then the next day I went and I said, you know what, I gotta go to that bank again. I gotta walk down there. I don't do banking on the phone and all that other stuff. So I'm walking down Fulton Street and I'm going, wow, I wish I had a lot of things to do. My assistant, Nina, gives me lists of what I'm supposed to do every day. She's basically in charge of my life. That's what's happened here. (laughs) And I'm going down Fulton Street to the bank, but this verse percolating in me. And I'm thinking, God, give me insight into that. So I get into Chase, but I couldn't use the machines because the machines didn't help me. I I had to get to somebody. So I go online. So I get online, and the young lady in front of me, she might be here, she turns, and she goes, Pastor Simba. Oh, Pastor Simba, I can't believe it. Gets all emotional. So I calmed her down, and I said, listen, (laughs) how are you? Who are you? So then she told me, oh, I've come to your church. Oh, yeah, when was the last time you were there? And the Lord showed me, I sent you to this line because I want to tell her something. Now say it to her. That's as real as you sitting here in front of me. And I encouraged her, and I told her how much God loves her. And don't use excuses See, when the Lord wants to make corrections in people's lives, who's he going to use but his, but his limbs in love? And she was rejoicing, and I was rejoicing, and that's how it works. We are limbs of his body. So we are joined together like a branch on a tree. We are limbs of his body. So then what should we do today as we close? get all psyched up and hyped up and say, man, I'm going to start doing things. No, don't do that. You can't do it that way. The secret is just, since he lives in us, is yield to his influences. Look at this verse. I close with it. Look at it in Romans. Look, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. See, it's offering. I can offer myself every day to Jim Cimbala, bad. Or I can offer myself, oh Christ, I'm your limb. We're connected. You love me so much. I can't believe this. You're letting me be a limb in your very body, sharing your very life like a branch on on, on a tree. I offer myself today. Speak through me. Use me. Help me to be a blessing. Whatever your purpose is, I'm just available to you because I'm your limb. You not only saved me. I'm not only going to heaven. I got all that. You actually want to use me today for your purposes as your life flows through me. And I think for some of us here, we need to get a little deeper into this sacred, holy mystery of we are limbs of his body. Just, I I look at my own life, I won't judge you. Oh, how many days of my life was I available to nobody but Jim Cimbala? I wasn't available. Now listen, 
Last word, not you will be a limb of his body. Not if you pray and something happens, you'll be a limb. You are right now, if you're a born-again Christian, you are a limb of his body. We are limbs of his body. Do I get an amen? We are limbs of his body. Not one day, we are right now limbs of his body. Now what are we going to do with that? We can yield ourselves and say, flow through me as part of your body so that I can accomplish your purposes in the world. I humble myself. If you're here today, sitting here, and you say, Pastor, you're right. We are members. We are limbs of his body. And he, he wants to, he, he has to use us to carry out his purposes. What did God ever do in the earth in church history that it wasn't linked to people, his believers, his body, his limbs? Someone prayed. Someone preached. Someone did something inspired by God, and then a fire broke out. But you feel today, you sense, like I did back when I was in college, and God was dealing with me, and there was like, there's something more that hasn't happened, but I know there's a purpose now that I'm not fulfilling yet. I don't know what it is. I know how God will do it, but I know there's something special work that God has this limb to do, me. And I just want him to know I'm available today. I say yes to him. He can send me. He can keep me where I am. Whatever he wants me to do, I say yes to it. But there's something I have not captured yet, a purpose for my life. If you feel that way, get up out of your seat and come here to the front. Lord, thank you for giving us new insight into the holy mystery We're not just disciples. We're not just sheep. We're just not redeemed sinners. You love us so much that you say no. You are part of my very body, my spiritual body on earth. You will be my arms, my hands, my lips. I'm going to send you on errands. I'm going to give you faith so that you can change people's lives. It'll be me, but I'm going to work it through you. You'll share the good news because I want them to know, but who will go? Who will be available? Lord, we shake off self-centeredness. And in the name of Christ, set us free, Lord, to do your work. To be arms and hands, God. Please don't let us go to church on Sunday and that's it. Please, I ask you, in Christ's name, God, save us from that. We want to believe for the impossible every day as you flow through us, direct us, move us, keep us yielded. We yield ourselves not to sin and self and the devil and the world. We yield ourselves to you, Lord, and your holy purpose here on earth. Take away fear and anxiety from anyone here. God, there's missionaries here. I know that. There's future missionaries. You're going to do all kinds of things if we'll just keep a posture spiritually of yieldedness and surrender. Run our lives. Live our lives. We're so tired of in ourselves trying to be something we can't be. Flow through us. Flow through us. Give us your thoughts, your mind your heart, your love. For we ask this in Jesus' name.
Lord, give everyone traveling mercies home. Bless the offering, God. You know, for a couple weeks now, it's been low. Could you somehow, through the people here, online, watching, whatever, God, just help us to meet all our responsibilities. And bless the fellowship as we hug and greet each other. Let it be sweet in your presence. For we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Turn around, give someone a hug, a handshake. Come on.